Welcome to the Social Justice War Room, the podcast where we look at social justice and fiction, reality, and everything in between. My guest today is another friend from the Fandom for All Orbit. He's one of the founders and co-hosts of I Freaking Love Comics channel. He's also recently launched with SJWR alum Dane Whitman, a new podcast called The Beta Boys. Please welcome fellow beta, Robo <laughs> Strange. How are you doing? Beta. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So I guess we're in a similar boat because we both have podcasts that are named after insults thrown around by the right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and beta, of course, being beta male based on the proven flawed understanding of alpha males within wolf it, psychology that has never yeah. ever applied to human psychology even so that's right that's right yeah not not only does it not not only does animal hierarchy uh not apply to humans including lobsters including <laughs> lobsters <laughs> but but uh but it was already it was it was wrong but that's how that's how people are, right? Uh, like the the researcher who said that you know this was the alpha wolf. Um, quickly, I think in a pretty short time, realized. Oops, never mind. We were looking at the parents and tried to uh, you know let everybody know that there's a redaction, but the damage had been done. So well, <laughs> the samples he studied were captive animals mm, trying yeah. to create hierarchies within amongst strangers within a confined space, which does sound like the internet facts that's that's a good, <laughs> that's yeah. a good point <laughs> so one thing was the cuck children taken the cuck children no but now now we might have to change names uh i will i will talk to dane no <laughs> well it's one thing I have to give the right, they come up with a lot of funny sounding words, even though they mean absolutely terrible things. They have like right. a good mouthfeel. So it's yeah. hard for me to even say <laughs> cuck without cracking up. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's it actually becomes a parody of itself where it's like it starts off as them like really wanting to upset you. And it's kind of like it reminds me of uh, let's go Brandon to where, you know, I, I know people in real life that. You, you, they'll say, let's go, Brandon. And then I'll be like, what are you doing, dude? And like, see, you're mad. And I'm like, no, I'm not mad. You just sound ridiculous. Yeah, see, that's how I know you're mad. And whether it's calling somebody a cuck, uh, which, by the way, um, no no shaming kinks here. So, you know, if you're a cuck, cool. Uh, for that to be a, an insult, um, it's just so cringe. The, yeah, the right can't meme. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> They can't argue rationally either, and right. to get sucked into that is what they want. Absolutely. But anyway, so thankfully, I Think You Love Comics represents one of the positive spaces on the internet to talk about comics and other fandom-related things. You do it with two other hosts, Respawn and Judith Rad, and uh -huh. you've also gotten on a variety of guests including interviews with some professionals in the industry oh yeah how did that yeah. all start uh well um so at first it started off just kind of 
by accident, I, I feel like. So Judah had already started a uh, a Facebook group um, with some other unrelated friends. Um, and that's, I when he had talked to me about Facebook, I told him how I, I liked comic books. And he's like, oh, well, I got a Facebook I'm starting up. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then uh, at that point, I don't think we had 50 people in that group. You know, I, I think I, I came in and, and it was like maybe 20 something people. And then very quickly it was 50, then 80. And um, and so like I was in there with him as an admin and I told him, I said, I said, dude, this could be something big. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of, uh, it's kind of kind of chud, chuddy right now, but uh, there used to be this website called uh, The Chive. And they have uh, they, these various communities on Facebook and, and or within its own website and you could be a gun lover or an animal lover or just like these different things. And when I saw that, how successful they were, I said, we could do this with comic books. Like, why don't we make a bunch of different Facebook groups? Because at the time it was just called I Freaking Love Marvel Comics. That was what the Facebook was called. I Freaking Love Marvel Comics. And I said, why don't we just make a page called I Freaking Love Comics and then put a bunch of Facebook groups underneath it as a nest uh, to build up. Um, right now, combined, we probably have, you know, uh, 10, 15,000 followers on those groups. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so that's, that's actually grown into something. Um, you know, we got the IFLC, uh, trademarked and we have a website and, and yeah, we've, we've interviewed Kevin Eastman and, and, um, lots of names. Every time I do, every time I get to this point, I'm gonna start carrying around like a little card in my pocket where like here's the names of people that you have interviewed because when I get to it, Kevin Eastman comes into my mind and then my brain just goes, Burr. uh, but <laughs> if you, if anybody listening, uh, goes to I freaking love comics and goes to, uh, the creators talk, um, I think, I think many people would be surprised, um, of the kind of names that are, that are listed on there. Yeah. Obviously Eastman's in a class by himself. What with having co-created right. the Ninja Turtles. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, but you've also gotten several other great creators on there. I know there was an interview with Greg Pack. There was yep. one with Ryan Parrott of the Power Rangers Boom yes. comics that have been shockingly good. And yeah, really good. It's all. And what you guys do, you also seem to host like every is it Thursdays or Fridays that you do a live stream that people can just come on? Right now we're on Thursdays. So Thursdays at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we do a live show where it kind of gets kind of, I would say a little, a little, a little unorthodox, a little high energy on that one uh, where we just kind of like make sure that we just kind of unwind. Right. Um, what we wanted to do with the brand was, I don't want to say create like an, an opposite uh, space as, you know, some of the uh, less savory, you know, right wing types, uh, but definitely a safe space, if you will. <laughs> I, I think, think it uh, becomes an opposite space based on simply how vile those space, other spaces get. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, we have gotten back and forth with them, you know, on Twitter. Um, we've had some guests that 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 the right wingers uh, hate. Um, and they, you know, we've gotten docs and stuff like that, but we definitely didn't make a brand 
uh, known for attacking Comicsgate, right? Or or being like as combative. What what we wanted was more of like a more positive atmosphere, uh, but also pro LGBT, uh, pro uh, you know POC, just kind of like like understanding all the things that the right wingers hate. Yeah. Uh, we embrace and and understand to be value in uh, in our comic books. So yeah, that's uh, I freaking love comics. Yeah, which also speaks to like a lot of what the right wingers hate, of course, is diversity. Oh, and, yeah, of course. But that seems to have been how comics have, especially in the past two decades, evolved. That there is a lot more more stuff that you can read there's a lot more voices finding success within the field there's obviously still problems on the industry side but it feels like all the energy in the 90s was like superhero books but now there you guys bring up a lot of different things that come on from companies besides marvel and dc and from different genres has have you when did you start noticing that kind of sea change in the American comics industry? Uh, well, well, let me let me tell you a little bit real quick about my comic book, my journey real quick. And here's why. Um, and then I'm going to answer your question. You can see why it's a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe, maybe not what you expect. <laughs> so I was super into comic books as a kid, like like comic book nerd. Uh, I had an uncle who. Um, had you know over a thousand comics in my in my grandma and grandpa's basement, and um, and he would never let me touch them. And then uh, he said, if you can get up to two hundred, um, I'll let you read them. I got to two hundred. Uh, I think I got there too fast. And he's like, well, when you get to four hundred, I'll, I'll here I'll let you read them, but I'm going to hold them. When you get to four hundred, I'll let you hold them uh, yourself. <laughs> and we kind of went along that that line. Um, and so through my teens, I'm collecting comic books. I'm reading comic books. Um, but later, like probably my senior year, I, I kind of stopped reading comics so much. And then I joined the Air Force and I leave and I leave all my comics behind. Uh, and I think I'm doing this great sentimental moment, but uh, I leave my comics to my little brother who was at the time 10 or 11. And I'm like, hey, uh, I'm gonna leave the comic books here. I just wanna let you know they're yours. That was kind of like my parting gift. Uh, while I am in basic training, my mom calls me in tears and tells me, um, your brother sold all your comics. <laughs> so he's a, he's a kid. He wasn't really that into comics. Like, you know, he's, well, they're mine now. So this is easy money. And uh, so, yeah, um, from that point, I never really got back into comics. So this is like uh, about, about 2000. Um, I still kept my love for comics and I would, you know, I was excited for the Spider-Man movies and I would, I would use the internet to like keep up on what's going on. Um, especially when the MCU uh, picks up, I'm like starting to like get back into it. I'm, I'm picking up Marvel, uh, Marvel Unlimited. And I'm catching up on a lot of stories. I'm watching channels like uh, Comics Explained and Comic Storian to really just catch up. And it was in the height of my catch up that, uh, that I actually um, met Judah, Judah Red, and he. Uh, when I told him, "Yeah, I read comics," I'm thinking like I, you know, I read comics on my phone, and I and I keep up with the MCU. Like, 
like ultra casual, right? And uh, he's like, I read comics too. I'm like, no shit, right? This is like how we get to the talking about the Facebook group stuff. And then I go over to his house one day and I see his his uh, his room that he has for comic books. And it's this little, this little tiny bedroom, but it's wall-to-wall comics, just comics everywhere. And I'm like, oh, oh, you you read, read comics. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have a collection like this. And uh, and he's like, oh, well, you should, you know, there's a comic store. So we go down to the comic store and that was really like the start of this. This is before the pandemic. This has got to be like in 2019. And um, now, God, like my wife, you know, I'm looking behind me. Like I have shelves of, of, you know, my trades and I have, you know, at least three or four long boxes full of comics. And I, I haven't counted them up, but, um, and so, your question, when did you see the, the change? Well, I think going out of the 90s through the 2000s, um, which, by the way, I, I'm told I didn't miss much because this wasn't a great time for comic books and stories. Um, like, like, when I come back into it, as I'm catching up and I'm reading through these old stories like Thor, uh, Spider-Man, and, and even some of these indie, uh, not indie, but... Um, DC, meaning like not main continuity, uh, like Watchmen. I'm catching up all these things. We're reading through Sandman. Um, I'm like, there is definitely a vibe that uh, I think was always present. Um, but the problem isn't so much uh, what has changed. It's that culturally, what uh, I think the right uh, sees is a, um, a shift from centering uh, the the people who have always been in power, whether whether that's being white or being straight or uh, being neurotypical or whatever, right? It's just this is the norm, and so you had these these comic books in the '90s that focused on that, right? For the most part, and then when we go, hey, you can have those comics, but let's let's make comics for everyone else. It, is, it, it was a, a small zoom in, all right? It's a, a small sample of what was happening bigger picture across the country where movies and TV shows and just conversations and your workplace in general is like, no, like it's not just straight white dudes. Let's, let's open this up. And then what that does is they lose the focus, they lose their power and they start flipping out. And that, those right-wing groups on comic books, uh, um, those right-wing comic book groups that we were talking about earlier, that's how they arise is that fear is that anger. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm glad to see the shift. Uh, and anybody who thinks that you still can't have like badass mass, you know, like hyper masculinity, blood and gore, which by the way, I love to like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Um, and, uh, you know, you're not reading, you know, you're not reading berserk. You're not reading, um, like other badass comic books that are still out there. Uh, which I think has always been like the point is like the comic books you love haven't gone anywhere. You're just mad that there's stuff with it, you know? Well, it just, it seems to me like not only are they bigoted, but they're incredibly basic in their tastes. Like it's intentional limitation of what they're willing to read. And when you guys all come to share what you picked up the week in at a comic store or on a digital storefront you 
pull in a lot of different things that comics can do. And that's definitely a sign of a much healthier industry because in the 90s, part of the collapse was that the industry catering only to collectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, trying to trying to put out stuff that appealed to, to speculators. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and there's still but there's still like an element of that in Marvel and DC where the books have a lot of backstory to catch up on and tend to cross over a lot into each other and whenever you talk about big two titles often you have to speak in terms of catch up for what people have missed and how much of that do you feel like is a bug and how much of that is a feature of the big two in this day and age? That's actually a really good question. Um, hmm, I, don't, I don't think I've actually thought about it in that, in, in that way, because if you had asked me a different, in a different way, I would say def, you know, I would, I, I wouldn't think about the feature part of it. It was like, yeah, this is what's hard and it's kind of overwhelming. And then you got to go back and you got to read. But one of the things, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. I'm just thinking, uh, recently I uploaded an interview I had with Travis Hedgecoke where they did a talk about Grant Morrison's X-Men, which was at the time a radical departure from the, the what they'd been doing, which was basically a bunch of Chris Claremont cover bands Mm-hmm. And also something that was actually self-contained, which didn't stick. But it was clearly something drawing on a very vast history. It wasn't saying, like, none of the stuff you liked happened. It was just, like, synthesizing it into something where the past was more, like, addressed in broad strokes than mm-hmm. as kind of, like, a sacred text to hold to. Sure. So, and yeah, eventually Morrison left under less than ideal circumstances to say the least and the books kind of shifted back towards crossovers and and Morrison's own work for DC has been in a similar vein but it seems like with the characters now being household names you can get away with a lot more just assuming the reader already knows this from the MCU and the DCEU. Right. Yeah, and, and that's one that's one theme that we've actually gotten from all the people that we've interviewed is um whether whether it's in talks in our interviews or just following them on on social media through their Twitter, one thing that I know is probably a shared frustration amongst creators um in the in the industry is the fans' expectation for this religious adherence to continuity, right? Um and it's like, look, just let me tell my story, right? Like, and then, you know, even, even, uh, you know, big writers like Donny Cates have been kind of, you know, they get pretty cheeky online to where they're like, yep, yep. They, they'll like quote tweet somebody like, hey, is this canon? And like, yep, it's canon. And also uh, Spider-Man's favorite soda is stuffed pepper, canon. Like everything, everything's just canon. Like, and so they're like, what they want is for people to like, just stop giving a crap. Like, just enjoy your story. Um, but what what I was going to say earlier was, I think, um, you know, when you go back to, you know, to the Atlas, Timely Comics, you know, era of, of Marvel and you see the Human Torch, the original Human Torch uh, fighting, you know, um, the Submariner, uh, Namor, 
um, that's one of the first kind of comic book crossovers that we see. Um, uh, if not the first, uh, if Judah Rad was here, he would know and he would he would correct me which way or another. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 that shared universe that I think is way different. Um, that that is an appeal, right? And that's why, for me personally, and I think everybody's different. For me personally, the shared universe aspect of like Marvel and DC and Valiant and uh, you know some of these these bigger these bigger brands is what draws me in in the first place. Um, it's why, you know, I know there are people who's like, I don't really like Big Two. I like indie comics more, right? Because they're like these contained stories, these these adventures you get to go on and they're kind of written in the way of, of like a prose novel. And you start in the beginning, you close it and you, and you close it up and you go, wow, that was great. Versus this, this, this escape, uh, you know, this escape into a world that I can go in where I can pick up this title and then I can go pick up, go on the travel to the other side of the world and pick up this title. Um, I don't think one is better than the other, but that's a long way to answer your question of a uh, bugger feature. I think it's unavoidable when your uh, when the feature of your titles is the shared universe, and you've been around since nineteen whatever. Uh, you know, you're. It's almost impossible to not have that sort of daunting, just pot this mountain of life to where it's like, hey. Do you want to come into this uh, into this story? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best to, to build some jump on points for you. But if you're really interested, if you really want to know um, why Thor has his issues with his father, if you really want to know what's going on with his mother um, and and, uh, and and Loki and and uh, uh, any of that stuff, then might I suggest going back to maybe 1980 or so? Uh, you know, and then somebody goes. I don't want to go all the way back there. I'm good where I'm at. And you're like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, equal parts bug and feature, and I don't think either one is um, avoidable. Yeah, it's. I think it was Walt Simonson said continuity is a great servant but a terrible master. And of course, this is one of the best writers and artists of Thor. Who, That's right. When he showed up, instead of only Thor is worthy enough to lift Mjolnir. It was only Thor and this horse-faced alien I just brought in. Are <laughs> That's worthy. right. So, That's right. Yeah. So with all the... You did, of course, pivot from doing comic content to comic and political content with Dane mm -hmm. and the Beta Boys. Yep. And... One thing you mentioned you've mentioned before is that you used to be much more right wing than you currently are. Yep. So, like, how does that influence where you are now and how you see not only the right but also the left and the center? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I grew up like very Christian, like very very Christian, uh, and I don't mean like culturally and and Christmas and Easter uh, go to church Christian. I mean like multiple times a week and then youth service on Wednesdays and just a lot of church. Um, and then my dad, who surprisingly enough, uh, was less involved, like definitely, you know, yep, God's real and listen to your mother and all that stuff. But he didn't really, he didn't really go to church with my mom who was like super into church. And um, I think when you kind of grow up in that, especially post Reagan, uh, there's this thought process 
of that you are kind of indoctrinated with that says, if you're a Christian, you support the military, there is only one party for you. And by the way, now, and that socially, economically, everything, if you don't follow, in, in, if you're not in line with this party, you are, you know, working against your self-interest. But worse than that, you're working in the interests of people who are against God, right? That's that's the indoctrination. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't really, like, give enough, um, I don't know what the word is. I, I, I have no love for chuds, but I think the word is, like, empathy a little bit. And when I say empathy, I don't mean in the way that it's like, oh, poor guys. No, I mean, like, I spend a lot of my day saying fuck them, right? But at the at the back of my mind, I, I you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like watching uh, by the way, can I can I cuss on there or will you bleep Go that? ahead. Okay, yep. good. All right. So, you know, I, I I say that um but it's like it's like if if I if I if I watch a um a killer or something, right? Like, oh, this person's a killer. Like, oh, they can be caught. Now they're in prison for the rest of their life. And then there's some documentary done on this killer and uh, you find out that he had a horrendous childhood, right? A lot of horror movies are based off that that trope, right? Like horrendous uh, childhood. So you you sit there and you go, no, you definitely belong to be locked up. You definitely deserve to be locked up. You definitely are a killer. But there's some empathy there based off of the trauma that they that they went through as a child. Like damn, like damn, sucks. You know, who knows who knows what you could have turned out if you didn't experience that, right? And that's how I look at a lot of chuds to where it's like when you're when you're um either not religious if you're a religious or atheist uh like i am now um it's hard to really appreciate the ideas that are that have been hooked on your eternal salvation like your your absolute um, like burning in hell forever, right? Or, or, or seeing your grandma that you miss in heaven. Like it says, it, what it does is it, it, it puts you in a place where you cannot um, think outside of that box for fear of, of losing that. Um, and then they teach you that, right? So it's almost like an abusive relationship, uh, relationship type thing. Um, and so that was me for a long time. And uh Right around uh, 2013, 2014, especially during the Republican primaries, <laughs> um, right. I start like things start like breaking away and the curtain is removed. Um, and so that's when I start um, uh, start shuffling left. And I and I really haven't stopped shuffling left. And I'm still to this day, like like deconstructing certain thought processes that I've had Um and, uh, and, and just kind of, and now like, it's, it's, it's funny. Some of my old friends, you know, they're like, what is what? Like, I'm a card carrying, uh, DSA member. Like I, I, I'm still in the military because, you know, I'm going to retire out of it and get my, my pension. I'm not going to throw that away, but, um, I definitely understand the problems with the military industrial, uh, complex or am starting to anyway, you know, or, you know, uh, the imperialist nature of, of you know western world powers and things like that um but um but i i think in that in that way it was kind of like serendipitous when dane hit me up and was like hey do you want to do you want to do politics well 
I've been yelling about politics since, you know, 2015-ish, 2016. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's not combos, it's going to be politics. If it's not politics, it would be a show on atheism. But, um, you know, just kind of like my my thoughts on religion. But, yeah, I would say right now those are probably my my three biggest passions is, is you know, politics, religion, and, you know, like nerd stuff. Well, um, jumping back into that. It you raise a really good point that we're all conditioned by the environment we grew up in and right. influenced by the messages sent out. And I think this is also true of any side of the political spectrum, even mm-hmm. though the rights become so super villainously horrible about it. Right. But right. I noticed on the beta boys, you and Dane talk quite a bit about so some problems within the left and specifically like some of the more extreme fringes that openly idolize Ch- Russia and China. Right. So yeah. do you think that kind of phenomenon where they make excuses for other empires that use the trappings of communism Mm-hmm. Uh, has to do with the same kind of environment that might produce chuds. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. That is that is a, another great point. So here is here is the issue. When it doesn't matter what the topic is, if you enter into that conversation or or, or that that thought space with the with with some sort of fervor uh some dogmatic fervor you are going to be set up for failure like every time you're going to be set up for failure because the world is too chaotic for anything to be black and white right and that's what dogma kind of tells you is like you're either right or you're wrong and that's it right and it's like what happens is you start off with with the premise that um western imperialism is a source of evil, which true, right? You look at the the destruction of the global South, you look at South America, you look at the, you just look at anywhere the British empire has touched and then, you know, future, you know, European powers and, 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 and American imperialism, bad. Okay, great. So then what, what happens at that point is you either move to help change the system, right? Um, and uh, I'm totally, I'm totally on board with a, a spouse in communism. Uh, I don't, I don't think I feel comfortable calling myself a communist, but I don't know if that's uh, as much as me feeling I need to learn more about it. Uh, I'm comfortable calling myself a socialist, um, but I don't find anything. I don't look at a communist and think that's bad. Right. Um, so when you when you say, OK, so communism is good. Uh, imperialism is bad. Therefore. Anyone who is against uh western imperialists are good and you're that's it you're you're you've entered into the dogma right into the into the into the dogma problem where it's like okay yeah but what if what if there's somebody worse than the or at least as bad as as the entity who is who is not calling themselves a western imperialist uh well that person then has to go well, 
maybe there's nuance or maybe there's a lesser evil here. Um, but then what happens is the people, the thought leaders in that community, and I don't even mean like on a level of like a priest or, or somebody who has any sort of threat, like even your community as a whole can be enough for you to like, okay, I don't want to be ostracized from this community um, because there's a certain amount of pain that goes into that. So when they go, wait a minute, you're not trying to, you're not on America's side, are you? You're not on Britain's side, are you? You know what I mean? UK. Um, and so they have to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. So then, so then that means China's good, actually. Well, no, I don't know about China's good. I go, oh, you sound like an American imperialist right now. And so because there's no like uh, uh, ability to, to, you know, operate within nuance, um, then yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Because I don't know how many times um, me being in the military, me being and and me being uh, a prior uh, conservative, I am surrounded by old friends and family alike who cannot, for the life of them, not uh, understand that communism and socialism are not bad words, right? Not in and of themselves, and. Uh, and in their communities or in their, you know, even their own, uh, um, you know, in their own, in their own minds, if I were to go, you know, maybe I present a, a good argument to say, yeah, but this, right. And I have, I've sat there and we've talked about, you know, the oppressed people and how capitalism exploits and, and wage theft and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so, so socialism, you know, that sounds not bad, right? No, 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 I can't. Because they have to go, communism equals USSR equals the enemy equals bad, right? And it's like, like I cannot. And so that's the same for, for chuds, right? You're not an SJW, are you? You're not a real anti-white racist, are you? Like, it's these like kind of things and it, they, they kind of hook them onto a community acceptance and, uh, and the sort of cognitive dissonance that comes from saying after years, after years and years and years, of, of being taught a thing. Um, I was literally just talking to Dane about this the other day. We were talking about cognitive dissonance. I think there's some uh, psychological words that have come, become like entered into our everyday lexicon, like triggered or whatever, right? But they actually are serious, real uh, psychological terms, right? Uh, and, and cognitive dissonance is one of them, right? I was talking about how like the, the when your brain perceives reality to be a certain way and and these schemas are then undone, there's a certain of actual psychological distress that goes along with that, right? We see small amounts of it when you tell a child that Santa's not real after five, six, seven years of being told that it, 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 this magical creature is real. Like, hey, by the way, it's all been fake. That crying, that sadness, that that hurt, that's cognitive dissonance, right? And the greater the effect, the greater the the consequence, um, the 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 stronger that feeling. I remember the day that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm an atheist, and I'm not. I won't bore you. I mean, we could do a whole nother show on how I became a. An atheist, but I will say that it, it took a long. It was a. It was probably a few years deconstruction. I was kind of break away, chip, 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 until one day I was like, I took a breath. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe any of it. 
and yeah. I cried. I cried. It's understandable. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's that's what that does to people. And that's what keeps people kind of in the dark when they're at, too. the avoidance of that pain, right? Yeah, but the challenge is that, like, people have these really deep-seated held beliefs and they it's so difficult and painful to admit failing within those beliefs that they'll tend to double down and get even right. more entrenched. That's absolutely right. But a lot of what the challenge is in our cur current system isn't in ideology, but like material forces, mm -hmm. like the vastly unequal distribution of wealth. And that seems like, I, I think a lot, of, everyone on the met left at least pays lip service to this. The trouble is in practice actually organizing around that. And I see you do a lot of compilations of like, interbred tube the term for the leftist youtube community fights mm -hmm. where they're all where they get into debates and they're arguing over sometimes it's over policy sometimes it just devolves into kind of who's the real left right and in the end i'm just wondering what to make of that because i mean yeah everyone's saying like oh you should go outside and do real leftism but a gets harder and harder to go outside with the pandemic that's still going mm -hmm. and b they haven't seemed to decide what real leftism means not right. as a collective yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um are you, are you asking what my thoughts are on that well I, i'm wondering like what's the way out of this if the voices you hear the thought leaders are ultimately it in kind of a house of mirrors of different yeah. information and conflicting paths and where even amongst the left the definitions of what basic terms mean mm -hmm. like some like if you believe in like dialectal materialism it, under in the Marx style and how material differences matter, some might use that to say like, okay, then supporting Biden is good because he's preferable to Trump and others would viciously argue against that. Right, right. Um, honestly, I think there's a, uh, there's a level of, um, of critical thinking that uh, is gonna be required of anybody who sincerely wants to be able to kind of make sure that they uh, know the most true things as possible and the least amount of um, untrue things as possible. Uh, and, and I think, I think once you realize um, how to spot uh, logical fallacies and um, how to conduct, um, I won't say research, because um, I think, uh, I think that's an overused word. Most people are definitely not doing research, but Research review, I think uh, learning how to read a paper um, and how to judge sources uh, is very important um, because the fact of the matter is we do live in a country that does not uh, have any real formal way to teach you any of this stuff. Um, I can't remember what his name is right now. I think uh, 
Robert Robert Wolf, maybe Dr. Robert Wolf, um, Democratic Socialist, uh, and uh, he is a uh, he has a PhD in uh, economics. And one of the things that he said that kind of like really stood out to me once was he's like, uh, how much schooling he has in economics, and not one class taught him about socialism, not one. Um, my son, he's in high school and he's going through economics and just as a curiosity, I'm like, do they even like say the word socialist? Like, like, even if it's in a negative way, nope, doesn't exist. They, it's, it's, um, market, market, uh, market terminology and, and just all, everything's capitalism. And when you grow up in a world like that, you're kind of left to say, Hey, if you understand something's wrong, right. If you've read a book or saw a, a TED talk, podcast, whatever it is that kind of like, wait a minute, I think something's wrong here. Uh, you literally are on your own to figure out and discern what is right. And that could be dangerous if you don't have the tools to actually make that journey. Um, and so, uh, you know, the people you were talking about earlier, tankies, um, you know, China's right. Uh, China's good, actually. Mao's good. Stalin's good. Like these ridiculous kind of claims. Um, I have to, I have to wonder how much of it is dogma. How much of it is is uh, you know just a a uh, an avoidance of of that um, of what I was talking about earlier, uh, cognitive dissonance, um, and how much of it is a a lack of critical thinking um, on on their part, uh, and not to say that. I'm the I'm the expert or have any of the uh, any of the answers. I think that's the kind of the brand Dane and I are building is like now we're not coming here to give answers. We're we're just normal dudes who are just going to we're going to digest this and we're going to we're going to navigate this with with our community. Because um, if you're if you're looking to be taught, I don't I don't think we're the ones for that. But but still, you're still kind of left to be on your own for that. And. Um, and I've actually struggled with that because I'm a, I'm a fan of hard sciences, and um, I think the the softest science I, I I've been into my major is uh, in psychology. Even a soft science like that still has you know certain rules and in theorems that you're you know, you're kind of operating within. Um, politics, I, I, like it's so like it's interesting. It's because. I had a conversation with somebody uh, about the, uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and uh, I, I've read the book Hundred Years' War." I've read uh, I read this other book. Um, I can't remember what it was called right now, but um, and then I've and I've done you know articles and 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 TED talks and and you know kind of ingesting this stuff, and then I get into this argument with a really good friend of mine who is on the left, uh, but is pro-Israel. So that was a kind of shocking for me. Um, and we go back and forth. And here's, here was the frustrating part. No matter what book I brought up, no matter what fact I, I, I said here, that was, it was received as, yeah, but did you read this book? And did you understand that that fact, insert facts here was actually a result of this? And it's like, it's like, it's like, sorry if you hear my dog in the background. No worries. <laughs> um, but, um, here, we'll use this pause. That was the, the frustrating part for me was, okay, so I read these things 
And I'm like, well, is there e-publication? Is there a study I can go to? Is like, you know, because if I want to check to see if a certain theory is correct or or whatever, I can go into my my school's, you know, library, pull up papers, see if they're peer-reviewed. For history, it's like, here's this book written by this historian, really good. Yeah, but here's this book that says that historian doesn't know what he's talking about. And here's how it really happened. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't, like, how am I supposed to know? Like, what is, you know, so all you got to do is, all you got to do, like, as if that's just super easy. But I, what I find is what you are left with in, in these, these things that are not hard sciences, it's not a two plus two equals four sort of deal, is make sure that you can, that you feel confident in IDing bullshit and IDing uh, logical fallacies. Um, look at your sources, figure out how to, how to identify certain languages that you're like, like I think a good example is like Jordan Peterson. I've talked to people who are fans of Jordan, Jordan Peterson, like coworkers, and they cannot identify the, the gish gallop and the, and the kind of like the long intelligence sounding sentences, but then you stop and you look at it and he didn't say anything at all. Um, when you like, can identify something, uh, what, those kind of things, then that's when you can start really just kind of choosing where you want to sit. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I don't have any special hate for tankies. Um, I do feel that, you know, we're all on the left. So it's kind of like, okay, whatever. If you think Mao is good, well, whatever. Extreme right-wing extremists are the ones who actually commit murders and hate crimes. So that's tankies it. are ultimately just at worst insufferable. Right. Exactly. Exactly that. Uh, and that's why I'm like, you know, but, but also I think it takes a level of, of uh, what's the word arrogance. Um, it takes a certain level of uh, well, whatever word I'm trying to find right now of to go. I have done the reading and where I stand is where people should stand. And if you don't stand and have this perspective of mine, then you, you are the one who was wrong. You know, um, I think we can do that once we, so if, 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 if ideology is a spectrum, right? Um, it's clear when red is blue, you know, when red turns into to, to blue or, or, or orange, right? We'll, we'll use orange. It's clear, here's the center of red and here's the center of orange. But there's a thousand like gradients in between, an infinite amount of gradients that, that will go like, well, where is the point that red becomes orange? I, I don't know. And I think as long as you're not orange, right? If, if you're not like sitting there with like Nazi regalia or or saying the, the whatever, 13 words, 14, whatever the fuck it is, you know, like, okay, that's clear. Like we're not there. Um, enlightened centrism, I think it's also clear. We start both siding shit and, and, you know, and, you know, libs, uh, embracing capitalism, but wanting increase the social safety nets. Mm, uh, well, I think we're getting closer to, uh, into, into the, the murky area where I can go. Yeah. You're starting to get into the spot where you're cool, I guess, but not, not really. And then, and then we start getting to this other area where, I think it's like, you know, I've, I've, I've done reading to where like, cause right now I, where I sit is like, I think I'm comfortable. I'm a democratic socialist. Okay. So then I like, um, 
and I read further, right? So I, what I do is I read everything and then I figure out where I stand. I don't, I don't read to find myself. I know who I am. I know where I am. And so then I, I start reading out and go, oh, this is the you know, same thing with like content creators. Sometimes people will say, oh, I can tell you watch this person because, uh, you know, you let them, you know, blah, blah, blah. They tell you what to think. I'm like, no, dumbass. I, I've watched all kinds of content creators. And then I watch that one and go, well, that's not for me. That dude's a racist. And maybe I watch Destiny for a little bit. And then I go, well, no, that's not for me. Or, you know, maybe you watch Tim Pool. Like, oh, he's saying, so. oh, no, never mind. And you, and you kind of just keep doing that. I was watching Mike from PA for a while, actually. And then, uh, and then I just saw like, oh, no, never mind. And then I learned the word tanky later and I realized why I didn't like Mike from PA. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like I was taught to hate tankies. And now I don't, I don't really like, I don't, I I used hate. I don't know why I said that. Now I don't like his content. Um, It was the other way around. Like it matched where, where I was already. And, um, and I think people within that part of the spectrum that change off, um, Oh, what I was saying earlier is I've heard people say that democratic uh, uh, socialists are naive and, and you can't do reform. And, and yet I'm like, well, maybe you can't, but I'm just not willing to fucking see millions die in, in revolution. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, you know? Um, yeah. So that's um, it would ultimately <laughs> would be best to just go under the consensus of like what helps the most people and hurts the least people. That's it. That's it. That's but, it. The, the, the continuum of harm. That is my, that is where I'm at for sure. But that's unfortunately <laughs> when you bring in all the politics and on such a wide scale, it gets so difficult to determine that. Right. So like what, what kind of small steps do you think are good to start with? Uh, honestly, I think, I think small. Okay. So check this out. I think small steps is to um, under start understanding why this is this is the brackish water part. This is why I say libs are, mm, and it's this. I think small steps is to start reading, not theory, not trying to figure out like zoom in all the way. Um, you know which, you know, whether or not you're a democratic socialist, not not like that. Just why capitalism is bad. Google that. <laughs> You know, why capitalism is bad. Um, I think if like someone is new on the left, like uh, I am or was, whatever, um, is uh, is to really start there. Um, I think if uh, if I had uh, if I had really started there, I think I probably would have started moving left a lot sooner because for me, it was more of a. Um, working in my self-interest with regard to race issues um, that kind of got me on that move left. But, um, and my wife disagrees with me on this, but, you know, there's, there's a school of thought that says that, you know, our problems are based off of white supremacy and the classism that we experience is a product, is a byproduct of white supremacy. Um, and I think it, I think that I think it's the other way around. I think uh, class warfare, capitalism um, is is the problem. And then white supremacy is a by, byproduct of that because the people who were able to be in power uh, want to keep that power. Um, and uh, and yeah, that would that would be my first step is to, to kind of like just try to figure out why capitalism is bad. And then start getting into like 
the differences between, you know, socially beneficial policies and the Republicans who are against them. Um, not that Democrats are the good guys, because uh, a lot of garbage that, the, that they do. Biden is expanding the uh, anti, uh, anti-immigrant, um, you know, stuff that, that Trump uh, started. Uh, things are not good right now. Um, but continuum of harm. When we look at when we look at uh, supporting like social like in, in supporting the the, the uplifting of, of social safety nets, um, that is something that oddly enough to anybody on the left is just like a no duck kind of thing, but oddly enough when you're raised on the right, social safety nets just gets translated into free handouts. And uh, when you have when you have that kind of thought process, it's a little bit of work that you have to do to go, well, go look at the quality of life uh, of people who have greater amounts of of uh, social mobility. Right. And understand that anybody who responds to that with, yeah, but they pay a ton in taxes. You have to then realize that. What you're saying at that point is the good of your community, like the, the, the deaths of people on the streets dying in the alleyways, um, the people n- uh, not being able to hold on after suffering through mental health uh, problems because we don't have a solid system to, to take care of them. Um, that that is not worth the tax rates that you see in uh, in other countries like Norway, which has their own problems, but just as an example, you know, yeah, um, you know, that's that was it for me right there. Like as I started getting the race stuff and and getting into that and and uh, uh, you know, ACAB, that was like my first one, right? And then as I started realizing, I'm like, yeah, like like we should be taxing the rich more, and even if it meant taxing me more. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, why, why would somebody not want to do that? You know what I mean? Like, how many trillions on trillions of dollars get poured into, into war um, and nobody blinks an eye? And then in, it's not that anybody, that people don't know because you hear people like Bernie Sanders and AOC and, you know, and people that have been saying it for the past, you know, 30, 40 years and beyond is, and what are they taught to do? Like, okay. Oh, here we go. Another anti-war, you know, it's like, wait, no, are you not listening? Trillions, trillions. Like, do you know how much each bomb costs? You know how much uh, fuel costs for an aircraft? And we're not even talking about stuff that you can kind of like sell to the public. We're talking, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever. You can try to twist that into something, right? I, I get it. But I mean, what about Lebanon? What about Syria? What about these other countries in Af- Af- Africa that, that come out after already done, why does that not piss you off? And then when I talk about raising minimum wage or providing check, uh, childcare, like Manchin, that was one of the, the things, the problems he had with on, on, that, uh, on that last bill for Bill Better was mm. he didn't want the child, child care and be like, well, if you can't afford childcare, that's not the government's job to take care of your child for you. And I'm not gonna pay more, more taxes. You shouldn't have kids if you can't afford childcare. I'm like, are you hearing yourself? Yeah. And level of like fucking like comical, like 
comic book levels of ghoulishness. You know, this is a joke Dane and I made last week. We were like, it's like if I if I took the fucking ghouls of of today and I put them in the TV and I made them the evil CEO or something like that. And I just said, I just did exactly what Manchin did or 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 me as fucking Republicans did. People would watch the movie and go, oh my God, this is so campy. This is not how, you know, you you made such a comic book fucking villain type thing. I'm like, no, these they're actually are like that. Like, fuck your kid. I'd rather spend trillions on war, you know. Yes. <laughs> the man literally named Manchin. Right. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up, like anything special forthcoming from either any of your channels that we can look forward to? Um, yeah, I think uh, we're definitely going to see a, uh, a change in the kind of uh, content that comes out of I Freaking Love Comics. Uh, we definitely want to start putting out more content um, that is uh, kind of like evergreen. If you want to, like I'm working on a, a script right now to um, get everybody caught up on uh, the Hulk. Like what happened to him? Where has he been? And, uh, and where are we at? You know, and it'll be like, you know, five minute videos, six minute videos on, on catch ups like that. Uh, Respawn is uh, doing a video on, uh, what is it? Uh, I think Batman. I think it might be Batman. Uh, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But if you guys follow us on uh, IFL Comics, um, oh, IFLC underscore Nuff underscore said, Nuff said. Nice. Um, yeah, that's our, uh, that's our Twitter handle. Um, yeah, you just we'll we'll make sure to keep up announcements. Um, but as far as uh, Beta Boys, yeah, well, I think I think we're just trying to get our feed under us, trying to get our uh, try to get ourselves a um, like what makes us different, right? Um, we we both have a certain style to us, and uh, I really like what we're doing so far. I think we're gonna definitely, uh, I think we're gonna definitely grow and build a pretty awesome community. We already have one now. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to get even better because, um, I don't know, we're fucking cool like that, I guess. Great. Well, look forward to it. And yeah. I'm glad to be on the beta side of history. Hell yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me on. I appreciate thank the invite. You. Thank you. Have a good evening, everybody. Robo Strange. Thank you. Yeah.